Hello and welcome. We're Safe Sport International, a global charity dedicated to empowering children and adults to experience sport in an inclusive and safe environment. We are passionate and experienced global safeguarding leaders with a vision to end all forms of non-accidental violence, abuse and exploitation in sport. We hope you enjoy this podcast. I think safeguarding is protecting those in danger. Safeguarding allows children to reach their full potential. Safeguarding is giving a child a voice. To me, safeguarding means the systemic procedures put in place by organisations to protect uh, vulnerable and young people from uh, abuse or harm. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of the SSI podcast series. This time, Antivas and myself, Neil Anderson, are back again, and we're going to talk about safeguarding and perhaps how it's viewed differently in sport and around the world. Safeguarding is still a fairly new concept in sport, isn't it, Anne? Can you tell us a little bit more about the term and what it might represent? Thanks, Neil. Yes, so safeguarding is still not so well understood around the world in sport. The definitions that we work to around the international safeguards for children in sport, for example, consider two aspects. The first of it is all about how we treat each other, really, and the safeguards that we can put in place to make sure that everybody has an enjoyable and safe experience of sport, preventing abuse from happening in the first place. That's the first half of safeguarding. The second part is making sure that if things aren't going so well or there are concerns about whether they're low-level concerns or abuse, that there are systems and procedures in place for people to know what to do if they have concerns and how to respond. And safeguarding in sport, is that different to safeguarding in communities and societies generally? So some things are the same in that children and adults all have child and human rights to experience sport or any other activities in, in a safe and enjoyable way. However, there are things about sport that are different from, for example, participating in school activities or having experiencing healthcare. So the sports context has really sat outside of the mainstream for safeguarding in in other contexts for a very long time. Sport has regulated itself. It's been its own kind of um, judge and jury and setter of its own rules. And it's only comparatively recently that the sport world has started to connect with the external world of statutory agencies, for example. So for most of history, sport would have dealt with any concerns about people's behaviour or otherwise within sport, rather than seeing some of the things that happen in sport as actually being potentially criminal offences, for example. So it's relatively new for the sport systems and statutory systems to come together. So that's one example of a key difference. The other is that sport is based on quite strong and concerning at times power imbalances in terms of who runs sport and who participates in sport. There are also massive differences in terms of gender, disability issues, discrimination issues on all fronts, which need to be unpacked in sport. And of course, depending on the country that you're in, you might have a different approach to sport, a value of sport or a culture in which sport is playing its part. How much is the approach to safeguarding different around the world when we're talking about different levels of participation and different sports? 
Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Neil. Sport has a different value and meaning across and within cultures. So sport has more or less importance in certain cultures around the world. Also, there are differences in who participates and who is able and welcome to join in with sport around the world. And these are all things that we need to consider in terms of contextual safeguarding. One of the issues, for example, that we see is that there are differences in terms of how sport is experienced and how safeguarding measures are put in place based on levels of participation. So, for example, we know from research that talented and elite young athletes are often at significantly higher risks than other people involved in sport. We know that some sports and sporting contacts are more inclusive than others. So there's a wide range of different things that we need to think about in terms of the different sporting contexts in which people participate. So other things that we see in sport are that sports themselves differ in terms of the age group of people participating. So, for example, you have young peaking sports like gymnastics, like swimming, for example, where the safeguarding considerations need to be considered from a very early age also because young talented performers may become involved in the adult environment at a very young age whereas you'll have older peaking sports such as rugby for example where the players at a talent and elite level are going to be considerably older and therefore the safeguarding considerations uh, will be different We also know that there are differences in terms of the experience of safeguarding from those who are participating in a team context from those who are participating in individual sports. One of the other things that we need to consider in terms of safeguarding now are those arenas which are less well regulated. So safeguarding is becoming better regulated around the world, but there are still some sports contexts which have no oversight in terms of safeguarding at all, and some which are relatively new and rapidly developing. So, for example, development of esports and the esports environment, which again at the moment is is less well regulated in terms of safeguarding than others. And with millions of people participating in some form of sport every day around the world, safeguarding is more important than ever? Absolutely. I mean, sport should be a vital component of of everyday life. We see around the world the negative impacts of obesity, of the health crises, the levels of inactivity for children, for example. So sport is a massively important vehicle for uh, health and well-being. However, the regulation around safeguarding and the understanding of safeguarding is still less well developed in sport than within other contexts. So the kind of things that we need to think about when we're talking very practically about what safeguards we put in place relate to, first of all, people's awareness. So we need to ensure that everybody in sport understands what we mean by safeguarding. That way they will be better equipped to fulfil their own role because everybody has a role, whether they're a parent, whether they're a coach, whether they're an official or somebody running a sport. We also need to make sure that we develop a culture of safeguarding, a safeguarding aware culture where everybody understands what it is and everybody has the confidence to fulfil their role and responsibilities. We also need to make sure that those who may actively seek to cause harm, whether it be to children or adults in sport, are both deterred and removed from their participation and involvement in sport. 
The other thing that I think it's really important to reference, Neil, is that one of the things that's been very different in sport from other contexts is that actually participants and players and athletes have had very little voice in terms of both understanding their own rights and being able to have those put into practice. So one of the things that we think is central to safeguarding is making sure that athletes and participants have a central role and have a central voice. Whenever we have consulted with athletes, they have never told us that they understood what their rights were and their rights to safe, enjoyable sport. So safeguarding, a critical part of it, is actually making sure that we change that and make sure that athletes' voices are at the heart of everything that we do. Thank you very much, Anne. That's a fantastic place at which we will leave this podcast. Please check out the SSI website where there are resources for supporting everybody with safeguarding safe sport around the world. We look forward to talking with you again on another podcast. Thank you for listening to the Safe Sport International podcast. You can find more information about our work and resources, including details of our annual conference at safesportinternational.com. If you've been affected by any of the topics covered in this episode, you can find details of help and support at safesportinternational.com forward slash getting help. Finally, please do help us spread the word about safeguarding in sport by leaving us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.